0: Good morning, King's Cross Church. Well, for those who don't know me, I am uh, Jeremy Frischnecht, one of the elders here at King's Cross Church, and I am the second preacher you guys have in this series of Proverbs. Um, so um, my wife, Nicole, and I have been a part of King's Cross Church for a long time. We got plugged in back in 2017, just uh, before the church was getting launched, and we've stuck around. We've been here ever since. Uh, we lead the uh, Bay Hill Community Group, um, and we also over, help oversee the finances for the church as well. So um, that's a little bit about us. Um, if you don't know me, it's nice to meet you guys. And if you haven't met me yet, I'd love to meet you guys after. So um, like I said, so if, if you guys were here last week, you're aware that we st- started this series into Proverbs, um, and we'll be here for the next couple of months. Uh, Dan Boss started us off last week basically telling us and teaching us what Proverbs is all about, and that is wisdom. Um, but we learn that wisdom is more than just knowledge. It's, it's being skilled in the use and application of knowledge. We also learn that wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord, um, and that's what we'll be focusing on today. What does it mean to fear the Lord or to fear God? Um, and before we dive into this this morning, if you guys could please stand As we read um, God's word, we're reading Proverbs 1, 1 through 19. Should be up on the screen. There you go. Cool. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. The one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods, we shall fill our houses with blunder. Throw in your lot among us, We, we will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Pray with me. Father God, uh, we thank you for your word. Um, we, uh, we thank you for this call to, to fear you, God, um, and we, uh, yeah, we humbly become before you um, with open hearts ready to hear what you have to teach us this morning um, through your word um, and what it means to fear you, Lord. Um, would we uh, humble ourselves with open hearts to hear the word that you have for us this morning? Praise in Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Now, when you hear the words "fear God," there might be a number of different things going on in your head. Um, maybe you're not a believer, um, and it's actually this idea of a God that you're supposed to fear that has turned you away from Christianity in the first place. Maybe you're a newer believer, um, and you haven't, or you haven't really thought about this idea of what it means to fear God. Uh, maybe it brings stories to your mind from the Old Testament about God's wrath and the fear that he instilled upon nations. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, um, and you're familiar with this idea of, of fearing the Lord, but still it's hard to wrap your mind around uh, what it looks like to fear God in your life. So when I, I first was taught what it, what it means to fear God, um, I'll be honest, it was it felt a little contradictory to the gospel that I knew. Um, I had this picture of a loving Grace filled Jesus and thought, how am I supposed to fear God? Jesus is God, and Jesus didn't seem like someone to fear. Um, Jesus was someone that I wanted to run toward, run toward in friendship and sit in peace, um, not face in fear. Well, whatever comes to mind for you guys this morning when you hear this topic of fearing the Lord, I hope by the end of this sermon that you have a better understanding of what it means to fear the Lord, but even more that you have a desire to fear the Lord on a daily basis. So with that in mind, I want to first dive into what it means um, to fear the Lord, and then we'll look at three different points. One will be the call to fear God, two, the promises um, in fearing God, and three, the consequences when not fearing God. So when we read in Scripture um, this call to fear God, what does this mean? Uh, Dan Boss last week described this as Uh, coming before God in awe and in reverence, or this right understanding of who God is and who we are before him. Psalm 33.8 says, Let the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And I loved Dan Boss leading us in worship this morning. We were just standing in awe of him and his presence and what he's done this morning. Um, Tim Mackey um, says that the fear of God is a healthy sense of reverence and awe for God and your place in the universe. It's a moral mindset that recognizes I am not God and that I don't get to make up my own definition of good and evil and right and wrong. Rather, I need to humble myself before God and embrace God's definition of right and wrong, even when it's not convenient for me. So just with these two definitions, uh, we already see that fearing God is the act of honoring God, humbly recognizing that God is God, Yahweh, the creator of this universe, and that you are merely human, uh, you're, and you are living in God's created world. But I think there is more to this, and, and honestly, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, so I want to use this picture of God as a lion to help us. And we see this imagery of God as a lion throughout scripture. Um, But if you're familiar with Aslan from Chronicles of Narnia, you can picture him as well. Um, And so I want you to imagine you guys are standing before a lion. What are you feeling? Are you feeling fear? Why are you feeling fear, though? It's because the power of that animal standing, the power that animal has that you're standing before. It's this mixed feeling of awe and reverence at the beauty and power of the lion, but also this humility and reverence that this beast, if it wanted, could has the power to strike you down. So throughout Scripture, um, God's character is described both as lion and as we saw in worship this morning, the lamb. Um, obviously, these two animals are on polar opposites of the food chain and the animal kingdom. But both are used to describe God, um, and it's f- to help us uh, understand who God is. Um, God is a lion, awesome in might and power. He can cut down with one strike of his claw. He's atop of the food chain. He's the king of Savannah. But also, he's a lamb. He's innocent. He's harmless, warm, even fluffy, safe, and he's the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And similarly, as, as believers, we shouldn't be cowering in fear before God, but we should have a fear, that, fear of God that acknowledges who God is and the fact that we will have to stand before him and give an account for our lives, but also knowing that Jesus has paid the debt for our sins. So now that we have a better definition of the fear of God, um, let's move to our first point. The call to fear God. So Proverbs begins with this charge, um, this call. It says, in order to really understand the whole rest of this book, you must first fear the Lord. So let's look again at verses 2 through 7 of Proverbs 1. To know wisdom and, and and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise fear and instruction. So, not only are these verses um, calling us to fear God, um, but they're setting up this, they begin to set up this moral logic um, that really is the backbone of the entire book of Proverbs. And and Dan Boss touched base on this last week, uh, but I do want to review this because it does really set the stage for this entire series of Proverbs. And so I want to go back to that quote from Tim Mackey because I think he articulates this really, really well. He says that the fear of God is a healthy sense of reverence and awe for God and your place in the universe. It's a moral mindset that recognizes that I am not God and that I don't get to make up my own definition of good and evil, right and wrong. Rather, I need to humble myself before God and embrace God's definition of right and wrong, even when it's inconvenient for me. So when we read Proverbs and we first fear God, we basically say, God, you are God and you know better than me. You created wisdom, and you defined what is right and wrong at the very beginning of the universe. And therefore, I know that this wisdom and knowledge that you have to share with me through Proverbs is for my good, and it will teach me how to live well in your world. Humble me to live and abide by these truths. Another way to look at this is to recognize that we are in God's created world, and we can either fear God and live in grain, With the the world, the way that he has set up the world, or we can live against it in sin. So I like to picture uh, this busy um, city um, crosswalk during a morning commute. You have a horde of commuters on their way to work, and then you have this tourist who is trying to go the opposite way. He's trying to find, or he or she is trying to find this highly rated donut shop, and um, they're not making any forward progress whatsoever. Um, they keep getting bumped in the shoulder by um, these people that are trying to get to work. Um, And they might not even make it to this donut shop. They might give up before they actually get there. Um, And I feel like this is what it it looks like um, when we live contrary to God um, and the way that he has set up this world. Um, And so now that we set up uh, this whole lens um, through which we'll continue to look at Proverbs, Um, I want to look, though, at the call to fear the Lord throughout the Old and New Testament outside of Proverbs as well. Um, And there are verses scattered throughout both the Old and New Testament. So first um, is Deuteronomy 6.13. It says, It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. Joshua 24.14 says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him, in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the god gods of your fathers, serve put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen says, The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or evil. In 1 Peter 2.17, on to the New Testament, says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. And lastly, Revelations 14.7 7, says, that he, and he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And we got a picture of that this morning through Scripture that Dan Bosch shared. So as we look through, through Scripture, um, you can see that we are continually called to fear the Lord, both in the New and the Old Testament. Um, and at this point, you might have a slight idea of, of what it means uh, or what some of the promises are uh, when we do fear the Lord. Um, but let's, let's look through Scripture and see what else we can find. Now, I want to make this distinction here uh, really quick, specifically when looking at the book of Proverbs. Um, These aren't promises necessarily, but they are probabilities. Um, Proverbs is not this magical book uh, that if you follow every single rule, your life will be perfect. Rather, fearing God and being a moral person will likely lead you to uh, a better, longer life. Um, but there's no guarantee um, lots can go wrong and do go wrong in this world. And this might sound a bit shocking um, to you at first, but honestly, I, I don't think it should be a surprise. Um, as, as followers of Jesus, we, are call, we aren't promised uh, a perfect, blissful life. Uh, we are called a life of sacrifice, called a life to a life of suffering and even persecution at times. And I'm sure you've seen this play out in your guys' lives, um, but we can also look to the, to the book of Job um, uh, to see this as well. So with that, let's look into a few of these probabilities um, from Proverbs. So first, um, you will pro, it will prolong your life. Proverbs 10.27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Second, we will have assurance of faith and an abundance of life. Proverbs 14:26 through 27 says, "In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, and one may turn away from the snares of death." Third, we will turn away from our sin. Proverbs 16:6 6 says, "By steadfast love and faithfulness, Iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Fourth, we will have a satisfying life spared from much evil. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. And fifth, we will enjoy riches, honor, and life. Proverbs 22, four says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor of life. So now let's jump to the New Testament and look at a few promises here. We are promised church growth. Acts 9.31 says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And lastly, we grow a desire to evangelize. 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Therefore, knowing knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. And how awesome is it to hear and and dwell in these promises um, for believers who fear in God. So you've heard about the call to fear God. You've heard about some of the promises um, when we fear God. Now let's, look, looks at, now let's look at what happens when we don't fear God. And so let's look at back at Proverbs 1, um, 10 through 12 and 15 through 18 for this. It says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. So these verses tell us that the consequences of not fearing God is death. says, Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. They also tell us that the consequence of not fearing God is falling into sin. Um, But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. They have become trapped in the sin that so easily entangles. And it says, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not walk in the way of them. So let's first look at this consequence uh, of death. Um, and I want you to define death here as eternal separation from God. And this means that uh, this consequence pertains specifically to people who don't call Jesus their Lord and Savior. Um, as it says in, in John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to me except through the Father. And if you don't fear God, if you don't humble yourself, before him, acknowledging his commandments and cry out to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the consequence is eternal separation from God. Luke, 4, Luke twelve four through 5 says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I'll warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. On judgment day, you'll stand before the Lord and experience the full wrath and judgment of God rather than allowing Jesus to stand between you and God's wrath. But right now, Jesus is, is calling you to follow him and recognize his life, death, and resurrection. He is calling you to humble yourself and fear the Lord and you will not be eternally separated from him. The fear of the Lord is a foundation of life and Jesus is that, foundation of, that fountain of life and he turns you away from the snares of death. Now the second consequence, I know these are deep, um, is not in not fearing the Lord is entanglement in sin. If we have no fear for the Lord, why would we live a life against sin? Why would we live a life in, for what God has called us to? In fearing God, we as Christians are called to elevate God, humble ourselves and cast aside our selfish desires and our moral thinking that is contrary to God. We are to uphold the righteousness that God has called us to in our lives. When you don't fear God, you invite sin into your life because you put yourself above God, living as you want to, not as God has called you to. And as Christians, we are called to take sin seriously. When we fear God, we understand his power, we respect his authority, and it is essential in our relationship with God that we recognize this. It changes everything about the way that we function in our daily lives, how we view God and how we view sin. It causes us to live ingrained with the universe, not against it in sin. And so, fear God, the lion and the lamb, flee from sin. Fear God and recognize sin in your lives. As it says in 2 Corinthians, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So, are you guys fearing the Lord daily? When you wake up in the morning, are you humbling yourself in awe and reverence before God, Are you walking in obedience and fighting sin in your life? I want to leave you guys with uh, this quote from Jeremy Treat to finish off. And it's, it's a quote that has helped me kind of grasp this idea of what it looks like to live a life um, in fear of God on a daily basis. And so it reads, And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I like to find the fear of the Lord as a radical, God-centeredness that shapes everything else in life, that you're building your life around. You take God more seriously than anything else, whether that's other priorities or the opinions of people in your life. And this is fear in the Lord. Pray with me, guys. Father God, um, we thank you for your word. Um, that you've given us this morning, and um, we just lift up to you uh, this this idea, this call that you've given us to fear you. Um, It's something that we can wrestle with. Um, It's something that maybe we fully still can't grasp or understand, Um, but it's something that you call us to, Lord. And so I pray um, as you go today, Lord, that you would Convict our hearts um, to fear you, to come to you in humbleness, to realize and call out who you are, God, and give you glory. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, and to recognize that we are just your creation living in the world that you have created, Lord. Um, I pray that in this fear of God, Lord, that we would turn to you, um, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. you are the fountain of life. And I pray that in fearing the Lord, God, that we would turn away from our sin that so easily entangles, Lord. That we look to you, our founder and perfecter of our faith. We love you and praise in Jesus' name.